Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. Good morning, FBC Gather Online, and uh, a very warm welcome to you all. And my name is Sue Rinaldi, and I'm the worship pastor and one of the elders here. And uh, it's my pleasure to actually give you a few thoughts this morning uh, from what is going on in my heart and my mind, uh, not only for us as we live in this world that we live in, but also for us as a church. Now, I was looking through social media uh, this week, and I guess I do that quite a lot. Uh, Friends say that I'm a bit addicted, but I would just say I'm curious and interested. And actually, there was one post that I saw that was from Patrick Reagan, who is an author of books covering mental well-being, how to journey through difficult stages of life. And he's also the founder of Kintsugi Hope, which is the charity that strives to make a difference to people's uh, mental health and well-being. And there was a post from him about a talk that he's giving called In the Bleak Midwinter. And this talk is actually going to be screened tomorrow. And this post was actually saying how appropriate that this talk was being given on a day which is actually called Blue Monday. Now, some of you may know this. You may know that tomorrow is Blue Monday. But in my normal research way, I looked it up, and uh, this is what I found. Blue Monday is a name given to a day in January, which is claimed to be the most depressing day of the year. This is due to weather conditions. This is due to accumulated debt after Christmas and the spending spree on all the presents. This is also due to low motivational levels, which could be because of all the failed resolutions that we didn't actually achieve last year, and trying to get motivation to actually find new resolutions and kickstart us for this coming year. But actually, maybe this year, there'll be even more reasons why it's called Blue Monday, and I'm sure we wouldn't have to spend too long to think about those. But this post was saying how appropriate that Tomorrow, on Blue Monday, you have this talk in the bleak midwinter, which is actually looking at our mental well-being and the difficulty of life as we know it right now. So as I was looking up Blue Monday, I I, I then thought, it's so interesting how colour is attached to emotions and also attached to personality traits. And uh, I, I guess I kind of go off at tangents, and so I spent a little time... Uh, studying colour and the symbolic nature of colour in the Bible. And so this morning, I'm going to bring two or three colours to you, ones that I felt were interesting, ones uh, from the Bible and symbolism through through the Bible, but also those colours, I'm feeling that prophetically there's something in those colours for us as we approach this new year, as we approach the rest of this year, as we come from our own journey that we've been on to look ahead. So this morning, I'm going to bring you (laughs) colour. I was going to actually ask what your favourite colour is and, uh, you know, what does that say about your personality, but but I won't do that. Maybe you can do that in small groups or or your connect groups. Uh, But looking at vocabulary first, these are some of the sayings uh, that I could come up with, and I'm sure you could come up with more. We talk about being browned off. We talk about being caught red-handed. We talk about people having green fingers. 
uh, which means they're great at gardening, which actually I am definitely not one of those people. We talk about subjects, topics, ideas, ethics being a grey area. We talk about being green with envy. <laughs> a bit like me when I see that somebody actually has a hot tub in their own garden. We talk about having the blues. And there we are again, the blues is so often, uh, maybe because of the, the history of blues music, but it's often doom and gloom and sadness and depression. We talk about being in the pink, which is about being in very good health and condition. We talk about people having a yellow streak, <laughs> which is the tendency towards cowardice. And, and those sayings go on and on, and I'm sure you can think of more. And then looking as I say, at the Bible and colours and symbolism of colours in the Bible. And I'd like to just bring, as I say, three colours to you. And the first is blue. <laughs> now, they say that blue is the favourite colour of most people around the world. It's possibly my favourite colour. Blue is the most common colour found in the logos of modern corporations. And more than half of the countries on this earth have blue in their national flags. Top tips. But in scripture, blue or bluish lends itself to symbolically meaning the heavenly realm. And blue is often used to describe uh, visions of, of the heavenly realm, the glory of God, the, the kind of encounter, the transcendence of who God is. And we are given a glimpse of this blue and this heaven as we read these verses from Exodus 24. The word should be on your screen. From Exodus 24, verses 9 and 10, from the NIV. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, or sapphires, as bright blue as the sky. Now soon after this, as we read in Exodus, Moses communed with God and received amazing revelation about building a tabernacle. And this tabernacle was to be like a portable dwelling place, like a portable tent that would house the glory and the presence of God. And as Moses communed with God, God gave Moses plans on how to build the tabernacle, what materials to use, uh, how, how the priests should act, the cleansing rituals, what the garments should be made of. Just amazing detail as, as Moses encountered uh, this, this radiating revealed God. And so the encounter that Moses had was about the revealed glory of God. We look in Ezekiel, and we won't read this together, but in chapter 1 of Ezekiel, uh, the sky, the visions that, that Ezekiel had of the glory of God, the sky is described as being blue like sapphires. So once again, we have blue being linked to the heavenly realm, the revealed glory of God. Just pause for a moment. How different is the biblical blue? to what we've come to know as the cultural blue. Blue Monday, the blues. And just a little bit further on, as I was thinking about this and the glory of God and the presence of God, Moses was asked to build a tabernacle. 
which would house the glory of God. But the amazing thing now is the presence of God is everywhere. It is not just contained in the tabernacle. And we know that because of Jesus' life, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection, we know because of the gift of the Holy Spirit that the presence of God is everywhere in great measure. It cannot even be contained in this church building. No church building is just on its own an insular place of dwelling for the presence of God. God is present everywhere and actually we are the tabernacles of the presence of God. So it's gone from being like a, a built dwelling place to being everywhere, to being us. Remember when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well and the, <clears throat> the woman was trying to say, well, where do we worship? Do we worship on that hill? Do we worship on that hill? And Jesus made it very clear that the presence of God, the worship of God, isn't about location. It isn't about geography. But actually, the presence of God, the worship of God, is in spirit and in truth. How amazing that as I was thinking about blue, it reminded me again that the presence of God is everywhere. And actually, we are carriers of the presence of God. We may be in lockdown, but the presence of God is not. And there was a Hebrides revival. Some of you may have studied this, may have known this, way back in the early 1950s, even before I was born. And the evangelist Duncan Campbell, who was part of this Hebrides revival, said this, The Spirit of the Lord was resting wonderfully on the different townships of the region. His presence was in the homes of the people, on the meadow and the moorland and the public roads. I've always loved this quote from Tommy Tenney. Now, he wrote a book that many people might have read called God Chasers, but he also wrote a sequel to that called God's Favorite House, and he said this, I will never be content merely to see the glory of God flow down the beautiful carpeted aisles of our churches. I want to see it flow down Main Street or Fleet High Street in an uncontrollable, unstoppable flood of glory. I just wonder at the beginning of this year if we can just advance, if we can just get a hunger, if we can just get encouraged and envisioned to see the God revealed, the God revealed to Moses, the God revealed to Ezekiel, the God revealed to us in greater and wider ways. I wonder if we can have faith, if we can have encouragement, or if we can just hope and pray to see the presence of God break out in the most surprising of places. So Blue Monday, let's prophetically turn around the doom and gloom that's often associated with blue and instead see the glory of God revealed in greater measure. Heaven on earth. So the second color is green. And green is often the color of vegetation. In the Bible, it's often used to symbolize life, to symbolize restoration and new beginnings. Green is the emblem of freshness, of vigor, of flourishing growth. Green is the emblem of springtime. Let me read from Jeremiah 17, 
verse 7 to 8 from the NIV version. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And then Psalm 92, verse 12 to 14 from the NIV. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and green. <laughs> I received that one. But church, let's hold on to this symbolism of green, this biblical symbolism, and continue to pray for restoration, for new growth, for new shoots of flourishing life to spring up within us and around us. Can we prophetically call in this green season? And as we know, in the natural, we're going from winter into spring, but maybe in the supernatural, maybe spiritually, for us as a, as a family, as a community, maybe for us as families and individuals, we're also turning the season to go from winter into spring. And it may not immediately look like that. We may not be able to perceive it. You know, in the Bible where it says, see, I'm doing a new thing, and you look and you think, really? Because <laughs> it's hard to see. But faith is the substance of things not seen. And I guess I'm praying, and we are praying as a leadership here, that this year is a season where the green takes over where there are things of the past, see the winter is past, and there's new shoots of life, new fruitfulness. Whatever age we are, whatever situation of life we are in, there's new green shoots of life springing up. Finally, the color yellow. Now apparently, and these are a few more top tips for you that will come in useful when you do some kind of pub quiz somewhere. <laughs> Apparently, yellow is the most visible color of the spectrum, and it's the first wavelength of light processed by the human eye. Our peripheral vision, which is the ability to see side and the fringe areas when we're looking straight on, is two and a half times more capable and likely to detect yellow than red. So bearing that in mind, uh, I just looked at some of the biblical symbolism of the color yellow, and it's really interesting. Yellow is often referenced in the Bible by the Hebrew word sharutz, which refers to the precious metal, gold. So we see this correlation between yellow and gold. Now in the Old Testament, Solomon, when he built the temple, overlaid it with gold. At the birth of Jesus, we've, we've been through all of that in terms of our Advent season, uh, one, of the, one of the gifts that Jesus received was gold. We also see that in the book of Revelation, this new Jerusalem is referred to as a city of pure gold. 
So one of the first aspects of yellow or gold is this precious metal, this precious jewel, this precious splendor and majesty of God. But there's another aspect to yellow, or indeed to gold. And that is where yellow speaks of trial or purging. 1 Peter 1 verse 7 in the message version says this, Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Trials, suffering, purging, that may sound incredibly familiar to many of us, certainly over this past year, certainly some of the things that some of us are facing right now. It's about trials, it's about suffering, it's about purging. These words, as I say, may sound familiar to you, but also to us as a church, and also to us as a nation. And actually, as we look at some of the global things that are happening to us on a worldwide scale. But when put through fire, the yellow flames of fire, the true gold becomes even more pure. This is called the refiner's fire. This testing may not be comfortable. In fact, it often isn't comfortable. When the heat is on, what do we do? Well, actually, one of the first things is just to remind ourselves that this is the refiner's fire. This is a time of testing. And if we hold on to this divine process, then what comes out is even greater gold. It's even purer gold. I don't know if you remember, and I just got it up on my phone here, um, the song that I used to lead many years ago and sometimes still do. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold, pure gold. Refine as fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you. And so this process of being refined, this process of being molded and shaped and tested and purified is actually part of this yellow, this gold, this symbolism that we see in the Bible. Have you felt the refining fire lately? Well, all I can say, and this is what I often say to myself is, Hold on, stay with the process because the result will be pure gold. So that's the end of the colors, blue, green, yellow. And finally, I just want to look at a passage from Matthew, Matthew 5 verses 14 to 16, and I'm going to read it from the message. And this passage wonderfully brings together the fact that color is simply light of different wavelengths and frequencies. Now, the scientists amongst you and the chemists, you'll probably go, this is obvious, but that's never been my strong subject. So actually, when I found this out, I don't know, maybe it was just a few years ago, I thought, isn't it incredible that color and light is just so bonded together? And that makes so much more sense of this passage. Let me read it to you. You are here 
to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. I know that's difficult right now in lockdown. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I love that whole thing about embracing God colors. And actually, as we embrace God colors, they become light. Now, obviously, I've not touched on so many other colors. The, the, the life-giving blood, which is red. The majesty of purple. There are so many other colors that have symbolic meaning in the Bible. But I've chosen these three because I think these three are really apt for us at the moment. The blue, the glory, the revealed God, the presence of God. It's a hunger for the presence of God. And that it's not just contained in a place or a location. It doesn't just happen when we gather together, even though gathering together is great. But God is bigger than that. That actually we are carriers of the presence of God. And we carry that. And we pray, don't we, that we will see a breakout of the presence and the person of God. The salvation that Jesus brings. And the comfort and the, the strength that the Holy Spirit brings. The yellow. <laughs> We've seen how yellow is part of the process of pure gold. When we go through trials, when we go through suffering, the refiner's fire is a divine process. Hold on. Stick with it. And then the color green, where we pray that right now there'll be new shoots, there'll be fresh life, just growing up inside of us as individuals, but also us as a church, that there will be flourishing and there will be fruitfulness ahead of us. Let me pray. God, I pray that the glory of God, the heavenly realm, will be revealed everywhere, in and around us in greater measure. God, I pray that new shoots of flourishing green will spring up as we enter a new season. And God, I pray that we will be assured that the trials we're facing and the trials that we have faced are all part of your divine refining process where the yellow flames of fire that test us will result in a greater gold and a stronger faith. God, help us, strengthen us, and liberate us as we paint the world with your colors.